You're listening to Budget Travel Hacks. Learn from the travel guru himself, Dustin Fundheller, widely known as the wandering dentist on social media. By the age of 30, Dustin had visited every United Nation, Olympic, FIFA, and Lonely Planet country without ever being sponsored, becoming the most traveled person in the world under 40. And now let him inspire you to go conquer the world. Hear it like you never have before. Today, we are going to be talking about transportation, the ways to get around the country, within the city, transporting to neighboring countries. Transportation is really important because it obviously is one of the biggest expenses for traveling. We will not be getting into specifically how to book cheaper flights. We will be covering that in a different episode, but today we'll be basically covering everything else. I know transportation is probably not the most exciting thing in the world to talk about, but it is really important for anybody that wants to save money on travel. So let's talk about the different types of transportation, the metro or the subway. Many cities have a metro that usually goes underground throughout the city. There are advantages and disadvantages to the metro. One of the biggest advantages is it goes basically the same speed during rush hour as it does all the time. So it doesn't really get affected by traffic. And especially if you have to go long distances, a good example was more like trains, but it's kind of the metro train system in say Beijing or in New York. You can oftentimes get places faster with the metro than you could with a taxi. One of the disadvantages is that obviously has to stop a lot and it obviously doesn't go directly from where you are to directly your destination. And you sometimes have to transfer, which, and there's only so many lines. So when you have to transfer, you may have to go way out of your way. So that's the Metro buses. So not every city has a Metro system, but nearly every city, even the smallest cities have bus systems. And the bus systems can be from the airport to downtown. They go everywhere. And there's tons of buses. And they often are very, very affordable. But you have some problems. Number one is knowing the bus route. If you're not from that place, it can be very, very difficult to know the bus routes. But something that's really cool is with Google Maps, in a lot of countries now, if you put where you are in your destination and you hit public transportation, it will tell you what the bus routes would be. Another thing is buses, often you have to pay in cash if you don't have a season pass, and they basically never have change. So you kind of need to have the correct change. But buses can be very, very convenient and can be very, very affordable. Flights. Now, again, we're talking more domestically, and flights can actually surprisingly be very affordable. Lots of times countries have rules that to fly between the country, it has to be a domestic airline. The U.S. has this rule, so no international airline can fly between two cities in the U.S. It always has to be an American airline, not American Airlines. It could be any airline that's owned by an American company. And the same goes for different countries. So if you're in a third world country and you're taking one of those domestic airlines, that price is going to be for local citizens. So it's going to be much more affordable. I remember being in Vietnam and I think the, the flight was like $25. But once in a while, you get a flight in Indonesia for a very similar price. Again, is it worth taking a bus? Like in, in Vietnam, is it worth taking a train or a bus for 16 hours that might cost you $5 or paying the $25 to take the flight? I think at that point, your time is worth it. And just pay the extra money to get there and get there conveniently. But one of the disadvantages with flights is it often puts you way away from the city. So you you might be, unlike 
taking the buses, which is going to drop you off at in the center of downtown, the flight can put you way on the outskirts. The airport can be far away, and then you still have to spend an hour or so taking a bus or some type of transportation to get to the downtown city. Renting a car, so this is something I think a lot of people don't realize, is that a renting a car many times can be way more affordable. One of my good examples is Trinidad. I was just in Trinidad for a layover. I arrived at 8 p.m. The next day I left at 8 a.m. I was just there for 12 hours, so I thought, oh, I'll just take a taxi to my hotel and then spend the night in my hotel and take a taxi back. The taxi was over 30 bucks one way. And that was for a hotel that was nearby the airport. It was only like three or four miles from the airport. It was a complete ripoff. And I had to pay extra to have a closer hotel. So if I was even further, it would have been more money. The reason I'm telling you all that is to rent a car in Trinidad would have been about 25 to 30 bucks. Again, it would have been the same price as a one-way taxi. I could have picked a more affordable hotel because I could have picked a hotel that was a little bit further away. I would have been more flexible if I wanted to meet a friend, if I wanted to go to a restaurant, if I wanted to do anything outside of my hotel, I could, and and it, would, it just would have been a lot more convenient. And of course, I know there is gas money, but literally, if you go three miles and three miles back, the amount of gas isn't even going to change in your car. Sometimes it's really, really affordable to rent a car. There's in multiple places in, in supply and demand. If you're going somewhere where there's a lot of tourists, car rentals are usually quite affordable. I mean, there's been times in Europe I paid less than $15 a day for a car rental. And so really you're just paying for gas. The nice thing with a car is unlike the metro where you have to go to the metro, then go to that station. Then once you get to that station, try to go where to where you need to be. So it could take you 10, 15 minutes just to get to the metro station back. The car starts where you are and ends where you are so you know it's definitely something to look at but then again there's a lot of big cities that um, can be difficult I really love taking a car when you go between two major cities because even though a bus is a little bit more convenient a car if you if it's really pretty you can stop and take pictures on the road if there's sites again a good example is in England going getting a Stonehenge is basically in the middle of nowhere so it's really difficult to get there unless you buy a tour, which is really expensive. But if you rent a car, it's super easy to drive there. So again, renting a car is a huge, huge, nice advantage. So definitely don't forget that you can always rent a car. It makes things a lot more convenient. And so let's just talk about renting a car. I always rented a car from kayak.com. It was just the easiest way. They had multiple different parties looking for cars. Now, not every car rental is from there. So there's definitely been times where I rented a car from a different website or just looked online because there wasn't any big major car agency there. So, you know, for most places people are going to travel, kayak.com is the best. It's just for the very isolated remote places where it might be uh, just a person who has like two or three cars that they rent out where you would have to message them. Always make sure to use your credit card to make the reservation because there's insurance with your credit card. But someone that is going through that process right now, it's not the easiest to get your credit card's insurance. So they do claim it a lot. I'm going to see and I'll definitely be updating you all because the first time I ended up getting some damage in India um, and used a credit card, it was actually my dad who did it um, when he was driving. But the damages ended up being $60 and it was so difficult to use the credit card's insurance that at the end of the day, we just paid the 60 bucks. Now, my current time I used it was in Kazakhstan and that's getting about two to $3,000. And so that's a lot more money and obviously not something I just wanna go easily. So 
the credit cards should cover it. They're really good with giving me all the documents I need. And so, you know, it, it's covered and we're going to just see how it is because they do claim it's covered. I'm going to do all their policies and we'll see, but it's definitely, so even though credit card insurance covers it, um, just be aware that credit card insurance is the really, really big hassle. It's not as easy. Now, if it was in America, it'd probably be a lot more easy, but overseas, it can be a little bit difficult. And this is the thing, right? Like the credit card insurance only covers it if you get all the documents. And so you really need a car rental agency that's gonna be willing to really work with you a lot to get all these documents. My point is credit card can cover it, but be careful too, because it's kind of ridiculous what they want. There's so many loopholes that it just makes it sometimes not worth it unless the damages are a ton. All right, moving on. If you rent from Mexico, Miami, Central America, those places are car thieves, which is really ridiculous that the USA Miami is on here. Like that just should just be illegal. Um, so what they can do is they tell you one price and then you get there and they go, well, you need insurance. Well, you need a toll pass. Well, you need this. Well, you need that. Um, the one in particular, the two in particular are Mexico and Miami. Miami, because I mean, I live in Florida, right? Like I, I have the toll pass, but they're like, no, you have to use ours. And they're like, you need car insurance. I'm like, uh, I have car insurance, you know, not just on my credit card. I also have, you know, because I have a car and they're like, no, you have to take our car insurance. By the time Miami was really, really, really frustrating because you rent a car for like $10 a day and then you leave and the car is $45 a day. And it's like, what the hell did I just pay for? And Mexico is the same way. Mexico, like you'll rent cars, will be like $3 a day. And as soon as you get there, they're like, well, the insurance is mandatory and the insurance is like $30 a day. It's way too expensive, but that way they can make the make it seem really cheap. And, and I mean, once you, once you go there, you're screwed because that's your reservation you have and you might not have a new SIM card. You might not be able to make a new reservation. You just don't want to waste your time. But most places like in Europe, that stuff doesn't happen. At least I haven't had any of that happen in Europe or really almost anywhere else in the world. Even in Africa, that it doesn't at all, which those are places where you get ripped off a ton in Africa, but the car rental agencies are actually pretty good. Except in Africa, if you go to some remote places, sometimes you rent a car and there is no car rental there. But that's, that's if you're going to really extreme places like I do. Don't forget, if you want to cross borders, you probably should let them know. Now, I definitely have crossed borders and haven't let the car rental know, and it's been fine. Usually, it's a pretty small fee. So if it's a small fee, I just pay it so that you're you're fine. And don't forget that parking and gas can, and tolls can all really add up. Uh, a good example would be Italy. You can rent a car. I rented a car for like $10 a day. But Italy's gas is really expensive. Italy's parking can be expensive. Well, just finding parking is like impossible in Italy because traffic can be crazy. And their tolls, their tolls are so expensive. So, you know, those are just things to be aware of when you do rent a car. But like I said, having a car has tons of, of advantages. You can go anywhere you want, especially the off the beaten path things. Or, you know, some of the famous sites are, especially outside the city, you know, are remote areas, scenery areas, which your only way to get there is really a car. And lots of times public transportation, say after midnight, really ends. And if you want to go out or you want to do anything, I mean, taxis can be really expensive. Plus taxis after like, say, midnight 
have an additional charge. Or you just, you might be in a city like where you can't speak the local language and you don't know how to get a taxi and there's almost no taxis. And so having a car, you don't have to worry about that at all. It can have its advantages and disadvantages. I love taking a car because I love doing road trips. And I did that throughout all the countries. I think in probably 160 countries, I rented a car and drove. I, I'm pretty far aware that nobody has rented a car and driven in as many countries as I have. I mean, from Papua New Guinea to China to all around the world. Some of the craziest places in Africa, you know, India, I rented a car. I mean, in India, I rented a motorcycle and a car and drove all around the country. Not too many foreigners are doing that. That's definitely a record I hold. Also, don't forget about motorbikes. You can also, renting scooters is definitely something that you can do. And, you know, there's countries where renting a scooter is definitely the better option. So in Indonesia, a lot of places, oh, you go to Bali, it's definitely a lot easier and more convenient to rent a scooter. In Thailand, is the same thing. In Vietnam, so a lot of Southeast Asia, it's more nice to rent a scooter. But, I mean, I rented a motorcycle. In India, I rented a motorcycle in Sao Tom. Uh, you know, there's definitely, oh, in Bermuda. Bermuda doesn't even allow you to rent a car. So in Bermuda, your only option is to rent a scooter or take taxis and Bermuda is expensive you take taxis it's going to be really pricey I remember renting a scooter was really expensive there it was like $50 or something like that or 40 bucks which is extremely expensive but again that was way cheaper than taking taxis so you know you pay sometimes you just gotta pay for what you get so definitely don't forget that and don't forget you can take motorbike taxis like if you're in Indonesia the tra especially in Jakarta the traffic is absolutely horrible it's miserable but if you take a motorbike taxi, at least you can get there a little bit faster. Actually, not a little bit, a lot faster. It's still going to take you some time. But it's nothing as bad as the traffic if you don't take a motorbike taxi. Let's talk about cruises. Cruises, when you first probably hear a cruise, you probably think of something that's really expensive. Something that only rich people do. But cruises are an amazing way to travel. They are so affordable. I couldn't believe the prices of cruises. So if you go at the right time, which doesn't always have to be the non-peak season, as long as you just don't go at the main peak, peak season, you can usually get a cruise, if you do the more affordable ones, at say like $50 per night. Now, usually you have to book with two people, but and so it's like, say, $100 a night. But now look at what it's providing you. It's providing you all your food. And again, this is a, your dinner is a sit-down, three-course meal. It's not like this cheap meal. And, and, and so basically, it's all your food that you want. It's your transportation. Let's just use the Caribbean. To fly between two Caribbean islands, even if you get it on a really, really cheap airline, that's going to cost you about 100 bucks. If you take a cruise ship, you're paying the same amount for, and that's per person. You're paying half of that and you're getting your food and you're getting your hotel. Your hotel per night, there's lots of places where the cheapest hotel per night is say 40 to $50. And again, you're paying $50 for your hotel. A cruise is, I just could not believe how affordable a cruise is. You have to think, how is the cruise making money? They are making money certain ways. Obviously, they're doing it to stay in business. Now, one advantage they have is they hire people from countries where they would get a very low salary. You know, you'll see people from the Philippines, Indonesia, and different places where the average person makes $1 an hour, $2 an hour. So on the cruise, when they make $3 an hour, they're making a ton of money for them. But for people living, say, in America, where they usually have to pay someone at least $10 an hour, they're able to get things a lot cheaper, right? Because they're not paying what normally you'd have to pay. Um, and it's also nice on the cruise because, you know, unlike a normal hotel, which... I don't know, or like an Airbnb where they might not clean your room every night. 
you every single time you come back to the cruise they cleaned everything and so it, it just is a really nice way to travel um but again like we said the cruise needs to make some money and here are some of the ways because these are things you want to avoid if you take a cruise ship they know you're on board and they know you're trapped so again the cruise will leave port at say 5 p.m and then you won't arrive to the next place until 8 a.m and so they know you that you have your entire evening on this boat and they're going to do everything they can to convince you to spend money. The first thing they're going to do is not make it so you spend money. Yes, you use your key you use to get into your room as also your payment because if you don't see money, it doesn't feel like money. It seems so much easier to spend money if you just tap your card, your key card, and it just goes on to your room bill. Right? So that's the first thing they do. They make it not even seem like you're spending money if you spend money. Number two, they have a casino. Of course they have a casino because they know people are going to be bored. And the casino is also a way of entertainment. And it's a great way for the crews to make money. They will sell jewelry specifically on the cruise ship. Again, to make money um, because they know people are there. And they know there, there's some people that have a de decent amount of income there excursions again every destination you get to they're going to have tours they're going to have different trips you can do you buy an excursion on the cruise ship it's going to be a lot easier but like the cruise ship's probably making 50 percent of that price so it costs 50 bucks the cruise ship made 25. now if you go off the island and you talk to local guides or you go sign up for it as soon as you get off the cruise yeah it might take a little bit more work and digging but then you can pay probably half the price that you would pay on a cruise ship. A lot of cruises don't give free alcohol and they know you're on a cruise ship with a bunch of friends so they know people are going to drink so they make a ton of money on their alcohol. And they'll even have like special nights where you dress up where it's like you know a fancy night and of course they're doing that because they know when you dress up and you dress up and be fancy and have going out night you're probably going to want some alcohol you're going to maybe buy some jewelry and so they specifically do that to encourage you, put you in the mood to buy things. So you go on the cruise ship, you take it. I mean, they have unlimited food, unlimited drinks. Just don't drink alcohol and don't buy all those things that they're trying to sell you. It's like going to a timeshare. Basically, a cruise ship is like a timeshare and you go to get the rewards, but you don't, you know, you or just like the timeshare, you go to get the free things you want and you don't sign up. Other things to know, you can bring, most cruises allow one bottle of alcohol on board. Usually that means a bottle of like wine. What I did with my previous girlfriend when we went on a cruise, we bought cheap bottles of wine from say Walmart, we dumped them out, we put liquor in them and then we went on the cruise and nobody noticed. And so we had two bottles of liquor for our seven day trip. And I don't, I'm not a huge drinker, two bottles of liquor. What we didn't even finish one in the seven days. So it's definitely a, a nicer way to go or what you could do, you know, but just something don't, don't forget. Like, I mean, those two bottles take full advantage of it. And like I mentioned, you can do the excursions on your, your own. You don't have to do the one specifically on the cruise ship. Oh, this is a great one. This is what I like to do. So you can bring like a little packable lunch. And so what I would do is literally take food from the ship. They never complained or anything. And just take something kind of small and pack that for the lunch. So that way when I'm on the island or traveling around, I don't have to spend lunch on the place I am. I get my free lunch because I already paid the amount of money for the cruise. And again, with the cruise ship, unlimited you can eat breakfast, unlimited dinner, unlimited snacks. So you really just ate, again, like I usually, we'd leave the cruise ship at say at 8 and get back on 5. And so if you ate a huge breakfast, you really only need 
a small lunch to, to last you until you get back for dinner. Because as soon as you get back on the cruise ship, you can start snacking out as soon as you want. Oh, and this is a good thing. Because there's unlimited food, take your photos the first day. Because you're probably going to gain weight on that cruise ship. And even though you know you probably can't gain a ton of weight in a, a week, you're, you're probably going to look the best you'll ever look the first day of the cruise ship. So the first day, take all your photos. And then after that, pig out and you're good to go. So, you know, specifically go around the cruise ship, take all your photos, especially if you're like wearing beach attire, take all your beach attire photos the first day. Also, another tip, often when you get off the, the cruise ship, rent a, a car or a scooter and just go around the island yourself and bring stuff. Bring, like, if you're going around the Caribbean, bring snorkeling gear. I mean, you can buy snorkeling gear. I mean, if you're, you're probably going to take the cruise ship from Florida, stop at Walmart on your way to the cruise ship and buy snorkel gear for like 30 bucks. And then you have it and you just take it all the time when you get off the island, just take it with you to this stuff. You don't have to pay for any or rent any snorkeling gear and then you have it forever. Um, when you're booking, look at using the gift card, you know, because if you buy a gift card, you can often like get a discount by buying the gift card or look at a third party website. Uh, when I booked the cruise that I did, I got a $70 voucher. And so I got $70 that I could use on any excursion, which then I looked at which is the best excursion I can do for 70 bucks. And I went scuba diving, which is actually for $70 to go on two scuba dives is very reasonable. I couldn't believe they had an excursion. for That was their best thing. They had many other very outrageously expensive things. But for somehow I found that scuba diving Maybe it was a promotion, but the cruise was giving it for 70 bucks. So I got two scuba dives for that, which was incredible. Look at booking with a, a third party if, if they give a promotion. Never waste your money on a fancy room. You are going on a cruise to enjoy everything about the cruise, and it's not to enjoy your room. If you want a fancy room, you probably have a fancy room back home. No matter how much money you spend on the cruise, your room back home is probably nicer, and your room in a normal hotel is going to be nicer. You just need somewhere to sleep. You're on the cruise. You should be enjoying the bars. You should be enjoying the events. They have tons of shows. You should be enjoying the food, the pools, the water slide, the golf course. They have so many, they have a weight room. They have all this stuff. They have, like we talked about the casino and other things and not saying you should be spending your money at that stuff, but get out of your room. I mean, you're on a freaking cruise ship. The cruise ship has like seven, eight channels and they all are crap. Get just a cheap room and don't spend your money there because every single person on the cruise gets the same other things. They all can use all the other benefits. The only difference is you're spending twice the price for your room and the other people get to go to all the same destinations, get all the same food and are spending half as much because they got a smaller room. There's many cruises with spas and massages. If you want a spa and massage, get that at the destination because the destination is going to be much more affordable. The cruise is going to charge you a lot of money for you to do that. So, so again, spas and massages are nice, but do that when you arrive to the different islands, especially the affordable islands. Another one I would definitely recommend is look at the cruise destinations. There's a lot of cruises that you might go for six, seven days and you stop one or two times. I mean, I think one of my favorite cruises is from Puerto Rico because in Puerto Rico, you're already in the heart of the Caribbean. I did a seven day cruise and which seven days really means six days. Don't get confused. So a seven day cruise means you leave in the evening and you arrive like 7 a.m. 
that first day doesn't really count because it's just a night. So really you had six full days and I did a six full day cruise and five of the days we stopped on islands. Again, for a six day cruise, stopping at five different countries was really a fun experience. Also, when you're leaving the ship, like again, you can pack as much as you want for your cruise because that's just gonna go on the cruise and, and stay in your room. But when you exit the ship, like I did like to pack a small amount of food. That's basically all I brought. You want to pack really light because you want it to be easy to walk around and travel. And you don't want to feel like you're always being hauled down. What, what do you need to bring? You really don't need to bring much when you travel off the cruise ship because really you're spending the night back on a cruise ship. You should just pack very, very light when you, you leave the cruise so you it's easy to go anywhere. Also, like we mentioned, don't don't be afraid to rent, rent a bicycle, a scooter. You might want to get an international driver's license, which you can go to AAA, and it's a really simple process because that will help you out a lot and really make things a lot more affordable. So that's that's basically it for transportation. Again, we talked about the metro. It's really nice, but can um, sometimes take a little bit longer. We talked about buses and using Google Maps now to be able to use buses because they go everywhere. Not forgetting about flights, that some flights, especially if it's domestically, flights can sometimes be very affordable. We talked about renting the car and the advantages and disadvantages and, and being careful when you go certain places when they try to jack up the car insurance and make you take it. But it also can be very beneficial for going off the beaten path. We talked about taking mortar taxis and taking scooters, but also taking them as taxis. And we talked about the advantages and disadvantages of cruises. And also don't forget about the apps, which we're gonna be talking about that in our app episode, but we'll also talk about it here. Apps like Uber, you can use Uber to take taxis and it can save you a ton of money than the normal taxi. And there, you know, there's share ride and there's a lot of different apps that, that you can use. So don't forget about those as well. And so that is it. I know it's kinda, you know, not the most exciting thing to talk about. I hopefully gave you guys a lot of useful tips that you can now use when you go and travel. Follow the Wandering Dentist himself at Wandering underscore Dentist at Instagram or Wandering Dentist on Facebook. If you have questions or ideas for future shows, reach out on social media. Add them on Facebook. Check them on Facebook. Please let your family and friends know as word of mouth is the best way to let others save money. A five-star review is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, safe travels. <laughs>